0: Let's just do a little recap. So turn to Luke chapter 6. You oh, all know what I'm talking about. Luke chapter 4 is where we started. Page 103.1 if you can pick up your Bibles. <laughs> Luke chapter 4 on page one. And we saw Jesus make this grand entrance into the world, into his ministry. He goes to the synagogue gets the scroll he opens it up to Isaiah he reads about this spirit anointed prophet king the Messiah who's going to come 4 verse 18 the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year the year of the Lord's favour. This figure prophesied hundreds of years ago, who would come and bring the new year, this new era of God's favour, the best year ever. A year where God would bring forgiveness, a transformation of um, those who are blind and, and deaf, not just physically but spiritually blind and deaf, that we all are. Prisoners, not only prisoners in prison, but Prisoners to Satan and his ways in bondage. This one anointed by the Spirit. Who gets anointed? Kings get anointed. This is a royal figure from God, full of the Holy Spirit, who will kickstart this era that will change everything for those who trust in him. And then Jesus has the audacity... In verse 20, to roll up the scroll, give it to the attendants, sit down. Everyone's looking at him. In verse 21, he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus says, this is me. I am this man. I have come to start the best year ever. With more people than ever, blowing wide open the kingdom of God for all kinds of people to be in the kingdom of God forever it starts here but we've been learning a lot about the now and the not yet haven't we he starts it now you see him healing you see him driving out demons we see how we can enjoy this relationship with God through Jesus how we can be forgiven how he's the the doctor who's come for the sick we've seen how he calls us to live for him to live this the good life the blessed life in chapter six but we see that so much of the blessing is not now but it's yet to come the now and the not yet of the kingdom the best year ever starts now in Jesus but we'll enjoy it fully forever in the kingdom and Jesus really puts us puts our heads and our hearts forward to that what an incredible saviour what an incredible time for us to live in knowing Jesus so that's what we've been seeing and then as we've hit chapter 6 like I said Jesus gathered his new disciples the new 12 not the 12 tribes of Israel but the 12 apostles to be his new people he gathered them together along with these crowds who are fascinated by him verse 20 of chapter 6 he's been looking at these disciples and teaching them what it means to be blessed to live the good life in the kingdom of God according to God's way he's been challenging us to so those who are listening verse 27 love your enemies we learned this last week and he, he lays out all these incredible ways of how we can be like our father being merciful like him I wonder, as you came to this series, to, to look at Jesus, I wonder what you were aiming for, what you were hoping to get out of it. What was your aim? What is your aim when you read about Jesus? To understand him a bit more, you thought, we're going to read a bit of Luke, I'll get to know Jesus a bit more. To see his power, we've seen that, to see his compassion. Do you remember how he, he, he would go to the, the, the crippled and the the needy, and who touched them individually to help them. You wanted to find out about forgiveness, and we've seen all those things. But you know what? Jesus has a very clear aim as we come to the end of this section in Luke about the best year ever. Here's his aim He wants to change you. He wants to change you. You know, people say, you, you may have heard this. You come to God as you are, right? You come to God as you are, which is what we've seen, isn't it? That Jesus comes for the poor, the needy, the broken. He comes for the sinners, the sick, not the righteous who don't think they need Jesus. Just like you don't make yourself better before you go to the doctor, you don't make yourself better before you come to Jesus. You come to Jesus as you are with your spiritual brokenness. That's what we've been seeing. But like any good doctor, Jesus doesn't want you to stay as you are. You come as you are to Jesus, but you don't stay as you are. And that's not bad news. I, I think it can feel like this, that we, um, we feel like the message of come to Jesus as, as you are. And we're like, yay, good news. And you're not going to stay as you are. Oh, boo, that sounds hard. I like the first bit, come as you are, but change. Mm, all right, if that's part of the deal. That is not right. Because this is the best year ever. What kind of a doctor would Jesus be if he left us as we are, rebelling against God? He'd be a rubbish doctor. Come to me if you're broken, poor and needy. I'm not going to change anything for you. That would be the rubbishest year ever. I don't know about you, but I want to change. I want to live out this kingdom life that we've been seeing and reading about as Jesus teaches his disciples. I want to love my enemies. I want to be merciful like God. I don't want to be judgmental. I want to be forgiving. That would be the best year ever for me if I was more like that. And that's good news that it's Jesus' aim in the best year ever for you to be like that. More and more. So I want to challenge you this evening. Do you want to change? Because there's actually a danger that Jesus is trying to tackle in this section of his sermon. in what we're going to look at now and what you're going to look at in your studies. Think about the context. Go back to um, 6 verse 17. Think about the context of this sermon. So he's, he, uh, 6 verse 17, he's gone to this large place and there's a crowd. There's always crowds of Jesus. A large crowd of his disciples were there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon. They come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured and all the people tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. So there's this huge crowd and they're fascinated by Jesus. They're attracted to him. But there's this danger that the crowds listening in on this teaching to their disciples will nod along. They're going to be excited. They want some of the power that Jesus has got to change their lives and heal them. But they still might miss out on the best year ever. Because Jesus' aim isn't only that they'll be healed or amazed or entertained, but that they be rescued and changed to live lives in the kingdom of God. And it's easy for us to come to Jesus, to come to Globe Focus, to come to church, because we like it. And in a way, we kind of feel entertained. It feels good to be here. We're attracted to Jesus and his kindness and his power. But when he looks us in the eye and he says that his desire is to do some radical, transforming work of who we are, that is way more than we bargained for. It's like you got involved in a relationship where you work out that they're taking this way more seriously than you are. <laughs> Jesus is taking this very seriously. He doesn't want to entertain you. He doesn't want to make you feel warm and fuzzy. He wants to change you from the inside out for your good. So let's pray. And ask that Jesus would do that. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that you love us so much that you don't want to leave us as we are. We're not as we should be. And you know that. And I pray that you'd show us that tonight. And please, Jesus, give us the fullness of the best year ever. The the fullness of God's favour. To not only forgive us, but to change us. Lord Jesus, we want to be like you. So please, this evening, we want to be disciples sitting at your feet. Teach us. Give us the desire to change where it's not there. Give us the power to change that only you can give us. Amen. Okay, so how does Jesus teach us about this transformation that he longs for in us? He does it by teaching us about trees. All right? So let's read um, Luke chapter 6, verse 43. Jesus says, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Okay, here's Jesus' big principle he's teaching us tonight. Fruit shows the roots. Okay? It rhymes. It's nice. Fruit <laughs> shows the roots. It's actually quite a simple point that Jesus makes with the tree stuff. He, he makes the same point in a couple of ways. Verse 43, he says, he talks about good trees um, and bad fruit. Okay? So if you've got a good tree, it doesn't have bad fruit. Or if, or if you walk along and you see a tree and you see good fruit, you don't think. Must be a bad tree underneath. You think, good tree. Yeah? Happy lemons, happy lemon tree. That's how it goes. That's his first point, dead simple. A good tree doesn't bear bad fruit and vice versa. Makes the same point in a slightly different way in verse 44. Each tree is recognised by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A banana tree doesn't bear apples. You don't walk along and see some plums and go, it's a nice pear tree. It's, this is just common sense. Plums, plum tree. Apples, apple tree. Banana, banana tree. And so on. Very simple point. You look at the fruit and you know what kind of tree it is. You look at the health of the fruit and you know the health of the tree. The fruit shows the root. And then verse 45 is where Jesus goes, okay, made my simple point about trees? But I'm actually teaching you about what it means to be a human, about hearts. Verse 45. In the same way, as it were, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. and An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Fruit shows the root. Our hearts, the root, it, it talks about storing up things. He wants us to imagine our hearts as these little storehouses, little cupboards. And the question is, what is in there? What is in the root of who you are, your heart? Is there good in there or is there evil? Well, how do you know? Tree thing. You know what's in the root, in the heart, by the fruit of your life, your actions and your words. If you see bananas, you've got a banana tree. If you see good living, you've got a good heart. If you see evil Wickedness, ongoing rebellion against God, you know that there's a little storehouse down here that's storing up thoughts and beliefs and desires against God. And lo and behold, how it comes as fruit. Jesus wants those of us hearing his teaching to ask, What is my heart full of? Is it full of good or evil? What what kind of a person am I? Am I living good for God? or living evil against him. How do I know? Look at my actions. I wonder if you've noticed how we try and distance our actions from who we are deep down. Can someone go and get that? Our actions from who we are. So um, when a celebrity does something really bad and everyone says, you've got to apologise, which seems to happen pretty much every day at the moment, um, the way they apologise often is to say, it was, it was a one-time mistake. It's not who I am. Okay, What I did, even though that was awful, um, it's, it's not really deep down who I am. Which is an odd thing to say. They're trying to distance from what they did from who they are. But you kind of want to go, well, it clearly is who you are. Because you did it. Right? Th- they did it. And you know what? We, we never reverse it. We don't do something really good and go, well, it's not who I am. If you do something really good, you're like, well, I'm a good kind of person. But the other way around, we we go, oh, it's not who I am. But our fruit comes from somewhere. It doesn't get there by accident. Now, it might terrify us when we see the fruit, but it is, Jesus says, it is us. Your fruit is an accurate representation of your root, your heart. So Jesus asks his disciples, he asks the crowd, and he asks you tonight, what do you find when you look? Okay, how do we respond to this? How do we respond to Jesus' teaching that our fruit shows the roots? Is the first thing. When you find good fruit, be encouraged. When you look at your life and you find good fruit, be encouraged. When we come to Jesus and put our trust in him, what happens is we receive help. The Holy Spirit is who he gives us. And the Spirit produces fruit and it's an organic relationship just like the tree stuff good trees will produce good fruit well a heart that's been filled by the spirit you're a christian will begin to produce a good life it's it's just how it goes that's the process the spirit's in you remember jesus talked about himself being a doctor well this doctor begins the lifetime work of curing us of our sin. He has to go into your heart, into your, imagine your little cupboard, your little storehouse of your heart and he has to clean it out gradually, one bit at a time. So imagine Jesus going into your heart where your heart actually enjoys the satisfaction of getting angry and he has to replace that love with a love for our enemies which then when that is in our heart Pours out in humility and love and kindness. Or if he goes into your heart and he finds that you, you love judging others. And that comes out in the fruit of gossip, you know, where you just slag other people off, and mainly you do that because it makes you feel way better about yourself that you're not as bad as them. And he's got to replace that with a humility where you have a, a more healthy view of yourself. And the fruit that comes out is not being judgmental, not being condemning. Or he has to go into your heart and he finds the pleasure and desire for sex outside of marriage or binging or being in a relationship which is all that you live for more than God. And he he needs to replace those loves with a love for him. A love for his ways, for sex and for food and for relationships and all those things. And as he changes our hearts, hear this, that will change our lives. That's What this says, fruit shows the root. The root, if you, if Jesus really works in our hearts, it really will change our lives. Isn't that great? When you're a Christian, you really can change. Now, you should not expect to be perfect, but if we've come to Jesus and if we're listening to Him, we should be encouraged to find ways which we are changing. The slave trader, John Newton, became a Christian, Wrote amazing grace, you might have heard of him. He put it this way, I think this is great. He says, I'm not what I ought to be, I'm not what I want to be, I'm not what I hope to be in another world, in the new creation, but still I'm not what I once used to be. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. The grace working in his heart. He's not what he used to be, he's not what he will be, but God is working in him. The change of the best year ever is not instant, but hear this, it is real. So over your life as a Christian, you can probably look back that there'll be ways in which you can see good fruit now that you didn't used to have. Bad language, hot temper, cynicism, lust, self-interest have been chipped away at, not yet eradicated. But there's a kind of leash on those things that just wasn't there before. Because the Spirit's working in you. So be encouraged. That's the best year ever. The year of the Lord's favour where he proclaims freedom for the captives, freedom for your captive heart. It's no longer captive. Be encouraged when you see the fruit. That's the first way to react to what Jesus said. Second thing is, when you find bad fruit, come to the surgeon. When you find bad fruit, come to the surgeon had all this talk of trees. I always find it quite grand that people who lop off bits of trees are called tree surgeons. Think of tree surgeon. They could have been called like tree lopper offers. The tree surgeon. I used to work in a, a juice bar. and I was a juice artist. I just think, you know, it's good. Tree surgeon. What do you do? Well, I'm a surgeon. What kind of surgeon? Tree surgeon. The way that Jesus links The whole tree imagery, but then he goes, actually, it's about you and your heart. It just makes you think of that surgery imagery. Go for actually, it's not about doing surgery on trees, but actually it's about needing someone to come and do surgery on our hearts. And that's who Jesus is. He's the one who we need to make this tree good. So when you look at your life and you find bad fruit, and you trace it down, and you find evil in your heart, you come to Jesus, not away from him. To him. Now, this, this imagery tonight and, it, and the imagery that's going to come in your passage in your study, it, the imagery of fruit and root might really shock you because of the bad fruit that you find in your life. Sometimes, with my one year old Lydia, I let her touch like a hot radiator or something. Not super hot, don't worry, <laughs> but she needs to learn. And she goes, "Mm." she knows it hurts. And it's that shock that's going to teach her. And if we've ended up being like those crowds, not actually interested in Jesus being king of our lives, we need sometimes the shock of taking a good look at our lives and realizing, you know what, nothing's changing. Tracing that down and seeing, you know what, it is not healthy in here. Jesus is loving us by helping us see that. If we look and we consistently see bad fruit and we're just not seeing any progress, it should make us ask Am I really listening to Jesus? Am I really listening to Him? Do you remember verse 27? But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Are you listening? Am I in the crowds? but still wearing the crown of my life? Why is it that we might still only see bad fruit or persistent bad fruit in our lives? A few different things might be going on. Perhaps we actually really like the desires of our hearts for wrong things. We straight up love our sin way too much to let Jesus have at it. And we've not asked him to clean up that bit of our lives. We don't want to. Maybe that's what's going on. Perhaps we're not listening. We're not filling our ears and our hearts with Bible, with Jesus' truth. If healthy truth isn't going in, our hearts are going to have nothing happen to them. So if you find that nothing's changing and you go, and you know what, I'm I'm not reading my Bible, there's a link. Perhaps we're so busy doing what we learned about last time, looking at other people's specs, that we've stopped having a good look at the plank in our eyes. We stop wondering or even looking at the fruit in our hearts. Friends, do you hear Jesus? Imagine you're in the hospital. The doctor has looked at the scan and he says, you're going to need way more than a few pills, way more than a few exercises for you to go home and try. You're going to need heart surgery. And the good news is, he says, I can do it. Are you willing to let me do it on you? Are you going to cooperate? That's what Jesus says to us. So can I ask you, when was the last time you came to Jesus and specifically asked him to clean up your heart because you just long to see good fruit and you want to be living the best year ever in his kingdom? I want to encourage you, because we can get funny thinking about this, If you feel like the battle is raging, that is good. If you feel this tension of, I've got this sin which I love, but I don't love it in the cold light of day, I want to live for Jesus, that is good. That is fruit. Let the Spirit win the battle. Pray. Seek after the surgeon. He'll help you. But be warned if there's no battle. Be warned if there's no battle. hard stuff. Let me sum it up. Because it's good. You don't tell the doctor off when he tells you you need heart surgery. You don't go, well, thanks for bring me bad news. I say, thank you, doctor. Will you fix me? Jesus' aim in the best year ever, living in the kingdom of God forever, is he wants us to do what he says. He doesn't settle for less than us obeying him. Have you settled for less? You come as you are. We come tonight, and some of us feel it, we come broken. But Jesus loves you too much to leave you as you are. So look at your fruit, trace it down to your heart root, listen to Jesus, and let him change you for the better. I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I want to be. I'm not what I hope to be in another world. But still, I'm not what I once used to be. By the grace of God. The grace of God I am what I am. So let's pray and seek Jesus the surgeon for that grace. Let's pray. Jesus Christ, Lord, the King of the kingdom, thank you that you love us so much that you tell us hard things, you expose what we're like, you don't just smudge over what we're like and paint a false but pretty picture for us. Lord, we're not what we should be. We're not what we one day will be. We thank you that by the Spirit, if we're trusting in Jesus, we we receive both the grace of complete forgiveness for all our screw-ups and the grace of change by the Spirit. And thank you that, it, that we're not what we used to be, that you are changing us. But thank you, Jesus, that you're not done. And tonight I pray... As we continue to listen to Jesus, I pray that we really listen and that we would do what he says, not in our own strength, but by the grace of God. Jesus, you are what we need. You have everything we need. We need your spirit. So, Lord, please change us that we would be these trees bearing good fruit to the glory of your name. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your acceptance because of the blood of Jesus. Thank you that you want so much good for us. Amen. Amen.